Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Worst Steps. Um, as you probably have noticed, for the past few weeks, we've talked about policies and how they could be used as a solution to large problems, but we haven't yet explored how policies get raised and how issues from communities come up to policymakers. And this week, um, we have one of my favorite people um, on the mic, and um, I'm going to let her tell us who she is and how she fell in love with advocacy, and we'll take it from there. Hi, JC. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. Fantastic. So tell us how you got involved in advocacy and how you fell in love with the movement building. Yeah, so my role here at the Children's Campaign is advocacy manager, and I think that fits well because advocacy really is my jam, as I like to say. (laughs) Um, Having grown up in Denver and seeing the way that I was treated differently um, as a perceived at-risk kid at one school and then a perceived high-achieving kid at another school, that started to shape the way I thought about the world and that, you know, if you don't speak up for yourself, then people are going to speak for you and they're going to get it wrong sometimes. So I think that was really the seeds of my advocacy. Um, When I was working and leading Calore, that was another opportunity. Um, When we started Latino Advocacy Day, um, seeing these young 14-year-old girls from Yuma, Colorado, who many of them were undocumented who just came with their passion and their belief that what they were speaking about was right, um, really changed things. I saw them wait outside a bathroom because their legislator had refused to meet with them. He did not want to talk about in-state tuition. And since they were teenagers, they were, you know, brave and didn't have the same uh, hangups that adults have. So they just waited for him and made him talk to them. Talk to them, mm-hmm. and eventually um, they helped to move his position, and he supported in state tuition when it finally came down to it. That's amazing. Young people tend to always show us what we have lost over the years. Um, so I know you have been um, leading the Raise Colorado Coalition, and I wanted to get some more insights on how coalitions like the Raise Colorado. Um, bring up issues that are um, prevalent in communities and how they bring them up for policy change. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, Race Colorado is focused on prenatal infant toddler issues. It's a coalition that the Children's Campaign convened last year along with Clayton Early Learning and some diverse stakeholders. And I would say this coalition works a little differently maybe than some of our others do We didn't just invite the usual suspects to the table. It's not just people who traditionally have been perceived as early childhood partners. We have some people there who provide um, home visiting services, others who are family resource centers and are trying to reduce the rates of infant mortality in our communities. And because we took a different approach, I think that we were able to surface new ideas One of our most uh, successful work groups is one that's focused on infant toddler child care. And they actually brought two of the bills that we're working on this session up as priorities. That's amazing. So like these are communities taking the issues that impact them and then working towards uh, policy change. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool to see. They were seeing, for instance, that there was a loss of family child care home spots, that infant child care spots were being lost as well. And when we first started talking about the issue, it appeared like, oh, this is about the International Building Code and we have to address that issue. 
But then by actually talking to more stakeholders, talking to people who actually are family child care home providers, we realized that this issue was much more complicated and multi-layered than we expected. And so that helped to inform the bill and changed it from something to do with this narrow issue of building codes and evolved it into what we have now, which is a really intense study looking at all of the factors that are impacting family child care home provision and infant toddler child care spots. That's amazing. So I think, you know, um, Raise Colorado is is a a coalition from, as you just described, with very diverse group of people. But um, those are, I assume, are people who do this for a living and somebody's paying them to be part of the coalition um, and they spend a lot of their time, uh, you know, working in this space of policy advocacy. Um, if people don't necessarily you know, do this work for a living. How how have you, in your experience in this advocacy manager position and then in previous positions that you had, how have you involved other people who may, you know, want to get involved in politics but not necessarily being part of, you know, the professional space? Advocacy days are really one of my favorite things. Um, and as much as I complain about so much work uh, to put on <laughs> Speak Up for Kids Day, I think that there's such a great introduction to the process for people. My very first experience with Advocacy Days was back in the late 90s when I would help to organize Pro-Choice Lobby Day at the Capitol and seeing how those Lobby Days break down the process. They kind of accompany you. They hold your hand to go over to the Capitol. I think for a lot of people, being at the Capitol even is really intimidating. Some people have never been there. You know, there's some pomp and circumstance and formalities involved that make it feel really intimidating. And so people don't realize that that's our house. That's our place where we can be and make our voices heard. Advocacy days break it down. They remind you third grade civics about how a bill becomes a law. They go over in depth what the policy issues are that they're focused on that day. And they give you tips on how to talk about it. So mm -hmm. instead of being an overwhelming, intimidating process, it becomes something that's very accessible something that you have support to go through for your first, second, third, fourth time, and um, something that I think reminds people that legislators are just people. Sometimes in our minds, I think we think of legislators as big and impressive and important, and they play a very important role in our society and in our policymaking. And at the same time, I often tell people, you know, some of the legislators there, you know, may have been that person from your math class that you were really surprised ever graduated, <laughs> but they had a commitment and they had a passion to get elected, and so they're there. And that doesn't mean they know everything. And in fact, no legislator knows everything. They rely on their constituents to tell them why bills are important, the impact that bills would have, and to kind of counterweight to the professional lobbyists, right? People are there, they're used to seeing Riley, um, and as charming and darling as he is, at the same time, having a real person come and talk about why maternal mortality prevention would have improved their lives has a greater weight for legislators. They want to balance that data and research with those stories that can drive things home and help them really remember, oh, right, I want to vote yes on this issue because I don't want another mom to lose their daughter in childbirth. Um, so you spoke a little bit about Speak Up for Kids Day. Can you tell us what that effort is like and who gets to get involved and, and what that day looks like? Yeah, Speak Up for Kids, I think, is one of our favorite days um, for the entire staff. It reminds us why we do this work and the impact that we can have. 
it's this year will be our eighth year of holding the event, and we do it in partnership with Clayton Early Learning and Children's Hospital Colorado. We bring together more than 150 people from across the state, and we really focus on new and emerging advocates. If you've done this before, we don't want you there as a participant. We invite <laughs> you to come as an advocacy coach and to share your expertise with other people. We start the day with some comments from legislators to help them feel like real people. You know, they share their own journey to becoming elected officials. They give you tips on how to be effective. And they really do. Then you see this normal person in front of you, and it brings down some of the anxiety of the people in the room. After that, we cover in depth the three policy issues that we're focused on for that year. This year, it's going to be full-day kindergarten, maternal mortality review committee, and modernizing the Clean Indoor Air Act to include e-cigarettes. Two of those that we've talked about on this very podcast. So you all know much, <laughs> lots about them. Um, and then we'll have um, some role play, actually, to show people in real life what a legislator visit looks like. Mm. Um, after that, we pair people with advocacy coaches who walk them through the process of preparing for their legislator visits. And then we all go over to the Capitol to talk directly with our Which legislators. Which is the fun part of the day. It is the fun part of the day. Um, we you know, take a big group picture on the steps of the Capitol. And then people, you see, you know, child advocates throughout the Capitol meeting with our legislators and talking about the issues that matter most to them. People get to observe the proceedings in a committee hearing or on the floor to get an impression of what it looks like. And then they get to see the very real lobbies that lobbyists get their name from outside the chambers where a lot of the policy decisions are made or a lot of the pressure is put on legislators to vote one way or another. Um, we come back for lunch and share our experiences, and people are usually really jazzed. They're really excited to see that making a difference was is so easy and accessible. And then nowadays we finish with a workshop, skills-building workshops, to help people deepen and continue their advocacy into the future. So um, I have been a part of Speak Up for Kids. It's one of my favorite days of the year for a few years. And there are always some things that kind of stand up for me uh, when, when it comes to this new advocates. Can you give us some of your, through, through the past eight years of seeing this, some of the points about what makes a person a good advocate and what are the things that always stands out to you that reminds you you're like, this is this is why I do this. Um, for example, for me, um, seeing young people there always kind of shakes me out of my comfort zone because they are willing to speak with honesty that I think um, and with a little bit more conviction than adults do. Um, it, it reminds me why advocacy is at the core of policymaking. Um, and, and, and I was wondering if... From your experience, what are some of those things that make a person a good advocate? I would start by saying everyone can be a good advocate if you have something that you care about and that you're willing to share your story. And it doesn't have to be nitty-gritty drama details, <laughs> but sharing why the issue is important to you. Um, I think, you know, when I see the, the young girls from Yuma or um, immigrant youth who, um, you know, are just being exposed to the process, or last year, that nine-year-old girl we had who was talking about school lunch, it reminds me that we're all experts in our experience. That's what I try to emphasize more than anything, that so often as women, as people of color, as students, you know, what have you, we are taught or we're told, well, you don't have a degree yet. You don't, you're not an expert. Oh, well, you don't have enough experience. You're not an expert. When really, we really are 
truly experts in our lived experience. And for instance, me, someone who used a doula when I gave birth, have that experience of why doulas are so important to healthy birth outcomes Mm -hmm. in a way that a legislator who hasn't had a child who never had a doula wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So it's incumbent on me, I feel like, as a person with lived experience to share that story. We can't have policy being made by people standing in their offices thinking they have good ideas and pushing it forward, saying, oh, well, we did this in another state, so we should do it here, too. If we're not including that human element, if we're not including the real impact it has on people, both positive and negative, we're going to come up with things that don't work for our society and don't mm-hmm. work for the real changes we've seen over decades in our communities. Um, one thing that stands up to me about um, advocacy and politics is I think more often than not, when we look at the national politics, it's very polarizing and you feel like things are not changing and are not moving forward. And the one thing that brings me a lot of joy and, and brings me a lot of peace is state politics. But most people feel like they are just a little bit removed away from um, state politics because of the type of coverage that national politics gets. Um, do you have any tips on how people can keep track of what's happening at the state legislature and not just about um, the issues that children's campaign cares about, but all the other issues that impact Coloradans? I think groups like the children's campaign and our counterparts are a really good start because they're able to break down the legal language of bills into something that's a little more digestible. So finding an organization that you trust and that you value their perspective is a great way to start. Um, Right, the Children's Campaign is not going to talk about all of the bills. So say you're interested in housing. Who is a group that's working on housing that you trust and believe in and follow along with them? I would also say that the legislature's website is really accessible. The address is ledge.colorado.gov, and there you can easily search for who your state legislators are. People often don't know who they are. We don't get a lot of coverage of that, right? So they might know uh, Senator Bennett and Senator Gardner. They don't necessarily know know, Senator uh, Gonzalez or who their state people are. You can also look up bills on that page and find out where they are in the process. So, for instance, today um, they're doing the hearing on um, extending the period for a notice before you're evicted. Mm -hmm. You could go on the site, find out that the hearing is today, and then decide to go in person to the Capitol to testify. You can listen online. And those are all ways that it make it really accessible. You know, if you haven't testified before, it might feel a little intimidating And if you don't have a group like the Children's Campaign to help you prepare, a really great way would be just to listen in or to attend and see how other people are doing it. You could probably get some bad examples there, too. Um, (laughs) But we're happy to show you some good ones. Yeah, we're happy to show you some good ones. And I think that's the thing. I don't know that people realize that organizations like ours are always looking for people with lived experience to share that along with our policy issue area experts. You know, the Maternal Mortality Review Committee hearing was so much more impactful because we had those two women with lived experience there. Incredibly moving. And and we had them here on the podcast and just being able to hear them talk about their experience, I think not only makes the policy solutions um, urgent, but I think it it lifts up the issue in a way that makes it real for those who are not impacted by it. For sure. And, you know, I loved listening to that podcast after because... 
they were so invigorated, right? They saw that sharing their stories and having that horrible pain that they experienced can, can make a difference. And I think that's really what keeps me going is that some days, you know, day-to-day life or the frustrations of trying to find affordable daycare mm-hmm. or childcare can be so overwhelming and we can get bitter and jaded mm-hmm. and or we can mm-hmm. say, you know, my experience can help inform and make something better for someone else. So I'm going to go to the Capitol and let people know, you know, that it took me months and months to find a safe, suitable childcare space for my daughter or, you know, whatever the story is. Um, you know, having Aaron there and the other policy experts was important, mm-hmm. but no one else would have been in tears and really had that issue hit them in their heart without those two women who spoke. Absolutely. Um, and I think telling your story has a lot of power, as we saw with those two advocates. Um, but I think the question is always that that inertia to start this process and get yourself involved can be very daunting if you're a type of person like me who likes to stay behind the, the screen. So what advice do you have for people who've never been involved in the political space but really want to be a part of making change in their community and really advocating for people who look like them, sound like them, and live like them? You know, one tip I have is to find what works for you. For instance, canvassing, going door-to-door and talking to people about an issue is so effective, and I cannot do it. I hate it. (laughs) So I'm not signing up for any canvassing shifts, but I am happy to phone bank, or I am happy to lead a group of that group of advocates through the process of the Capitol. Um, it's really important to know that you don't have to do everything, right? You find the thing that really, that you do effectively and that you feel passionately about and do that. I would say, you know, my mom, for instance, um, doesn't go down to the Capitol, but she has so many friends and followers on Facebook. She'll post an issue on Facebook and have tons of people take response. And so that's her method, right? That's her forte mm-hmm. is making her voice heard that way. Um, Yours is maybe doing a podcast, right? (laughs) Helping to break down issues and make them accessible to people. Other people might be letters to the editor or postcard campaigns or just talking with your friends and neighbors. Um, We really talk about um, at Speak Up um, the different ways you can do this work. Going to the legislature and meeting one-on-one with your legislators is a great, important, significant way to do the work. But there are so many other ways. You know, they talk about there being three stool, three, three legs, three legs to the, the stool, stool of advocacy, <laughs> right? So there's the media aspect, the community aspect, and the policymaker aspect. If if going to the Capitol really isn't your jam, then focus on that media aspect. You know, get into um, letters to the editor and opinion pieces. Um, help to create media like podcasts that help to people people to get informed. You know, if it's the community level, have a house party. I think just having your friends and family over and saying, this issue is something I really care about, and these are the three ways you can do something about it, can have a huge impact, right? The ripple effect that you telling five people who then tell five more people who tell five more people can have a really big impact. And, you know, I think what's nice about the state level as opposed to the national level is that you can have a big impact, um, right? Legislators know that if they get a call from one person – that's usually representing a handful of others. Mm-hmm. If they get a letter, if they hear from a constituent, it has a lot of weight in a way that I don't know is the same at the national level, right? Our legislators at the state level can be influenced by a handful of people who say, 
this is important to me. You should vote this way. Um, and it doesn't take like you know masses of thousands and hundreds and thousands of people. Another tip we usually have, especially for people who come from smaller communities, is to build a relationship with your legislator. That is so key, and that's what a lot of this is about. You go to their town halls and talk to them about the issues that matter to you. Follow up with thank you notes. Do all of those things that you know your grandmother would have recommended <laughs> in terms of having good etiquette and building relationships, because then the next time an issue comes up that relates to, say, maternal health, They'll remember, oh, right, I had that one constituent. What was her name? She really cared about this issue. Let me see what she thinks about this other po- policy mm-hmm. and have her weigh in. Um, building the relationships can be really key to having a longer-term influence as well. Well, thank you so very much for making the time this week for us and breaking down what it takes to get involved in advocacy and the, import- the importance of advocacy and policymaking. Um, and we will talk to you uh, next week. And if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to the podcast and rate us on iTunes so others can find it. And we'll back at you next week with a new episode. Thanks, JC. Thanks.